You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 135. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. How is your National Recovery Month going? I have a couple interviews with some really amazing people that I will be releasing later on next week to close up the month strong. And this month, I've been going through so much different kind of growth experiments in my life and really noticing a lot of changes that have been happening, That you know, things I put in place earlier this year, some things that have been getting uh, triggered in me lately that I'm starting to notice some really amazing growth moments. I'm also noticing times in my recent last couple months where I'm very much following one of those do as I say, not as I do kind of situations where I'm saying one thing to my clients or myself or to you guys on the podcast, but I'm not necessarily following it as well as I could be. And it doesn't get to be self-sabotage anymore because it's I'm fully aware that I'm making these decisions. And while there are some uncomfortable decisions to be made and while there's a lot of uncomfortability about the choices that I have coming up, being self-aware enough to know that it's beyond time to move forward with some of these things. And I'll alert you to them once I've had a chance to actually work my way through them. I'm a very much like discuss my scars, not my wounds kind of person. Like I want to work my way through this and uh, really challenge myself to step out of my uncomfort zone, which mind you, like I've talked about in the past, I'm actually very uncomfortable in this comfort zone right now. And it's been high time that I start to seek the shifts that I desire within myself And once I've worked this out, then I'll be able to have the complete picture and it'll be more attuned to bringing it to the show. This is why today we're going to discuss cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is whenever your beliefs about who you are do not match up with the actions that you partake in. Many of us had our quote-unquote come-to-Jesus moment, our rock-bottom moment. This, this idea, remember, that rock bottom isn't a place, it's a state of mind. That we have this look in the mirror moment where we're like, this is not at all who I believe that I am. But my actions are more, more and more showing me that who I'm seeing in the mirror is exactly who I am. For me, you know, it was my shit tub moment when I woke up covered in my own filth and had to look at myself in the mirror and been like, dude, you have gone off the edge. You jumped the shark, bro. Like you believe that you are a hardworking person who sticks to their goals and is disciplined and is working hard and moved to Los Angeles to do something with your life and really accomplish great things. Your actions are what led you to laying in shit tub number one over here covered in your own blood and filth because you don't even know how the hell you got home, right? We all have this cognitive dissonance inside of ourselves that we're alert. It, it becomes the breaking point when we hit our rock bottom where we're like, okay, this is, this is too much. This is, too, uh, this, is not, this is not who I believe I am. 
My actions are showing me that this is who I am, but this is not who I believe I am. We go back to our childhood. No one's in kindergarten or first grade. And when the teacher asks them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everybody raises their hand and they're super excited. And you hear doctor and you hear policeman and fireman and veterinarian and astronaut. No kid jumps up and goes, I want to be a drunk who freaking passes out in his bathtub and pisses all over himself and is still barely getting by and just holding on by the skin of his teeth. Boy, I can't wait for those days. And no kid <laughs> saying that they hope one day they're addicted to crack or meth or heroin opioids or whatever it might be and that you know they're stealing money out of their parents you know purse and wallets and and you know and sleeping in in freaking alleys like no kids saying that but things happen in our lives we don't know how to to work through the emotions that we feel as children we start to lean on external behaviors nowadays it's the phone but back in the day it could have been video games it could have been bullying it could have been eating too much sugar watching too much tv whatever you did as a child to start buffering away from your feelings because you weren't being taught how to work through them in a healthy manner because we were being raised by emotionally unintelligent parents who were themselves raised by emotionally unintelligent parents. And the cycle has been going on for millennium. It's really just in this this actual century where it seems that mental health is finally getting its time in the spotlight. Certainly, it seemed that the United States, specifically in this example, was leaning towards caring more about mental health when the soldiers came back from Nam. And you can see where we let people slip through the cracks by the prevalence of Vietnam veterans on the streets back in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, even my own stepdad um, suffered poisoning from Agent Orange in Vietnam and had major debilitating um, sicknesses whenever he got into his 60, 60s, heart attacks and strokes and uh, diabetes and had to have part of his foot amputated and ended up miss, losing out on the entire right side of his body. He could still walk, but he couldn't move his arm. He mumbled, couldn't speak words, Right. I mean, luckily, he was getting the help that he could because my sister worked so hard and, and put so much effort into that. But even he died a, a just a much more sad and broken and lonely man than I ever would have thought. Mental health. Mental health is important. And so now that mental health is in the limelight, and we're able to pull the a stigma of addiction out into front and center, and we're able to talk about it as not being weak-minded, but just being a person who has different ways for handling their emotions. Now we finally get to talk about alcoholism and addiction, drug addiction, porn, sex, gambling, whatever it might be, as just, you know, it's just biochemistry it's just some miswiring in the brain and we can heal it and we can work through it and we can anybody can come out on the other side of it if they're willing to put in the hard work you know figure out and learn new ways to handle their emotions and you know it's going to be uncomfortable at times it's going to take self-awareness it's going to take discipline it's going to take sitting in the discomfort of anxiety and and stress and and shame and guilt and it's going to take those things but the reward is beyond beyond worth it one of my coworkers at the hotel the other day said something to me that I thought was extremely profound. He comes in for a shift and he says, you know, Jesse, he's like, I've never heard anyone say they got sober 
and that it was the worst decision they ever made. He's like, anyone I've ever heard tell me they've gotten sober says it is the best decision they've ever made. And he had decided before the pandemic started to to stop drinking. And he didn't have the, the kind of um, alcohol issues that I did, but he certainly thought that his drinking behavior was holding him back. So he just chose to not drink. And he's like, it was the best decision I could have made because when the pandemic hit and we all got furloughed from our jobs, I had already made this decision. So I kept with it. His beliefs that in order, his beliefs that he was going to be a successful human by not drinking, he aligned that action of not drinking with his belief that when alcohol is gone, he is behaving in his best self. He is striving to be his highest sense of self. When he feels that harmony, then he knows that he's in alignment with his beliefs and actions. Now, if he had said, I believe that not drinking is going to be what helps me become successful, but then his actions were to go off and drink, then his actions and his beliefs would not have been in harmony. There would have been an incongruency there. And that's what we call cognitive dissonance. And that's why that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about cognitive dissonance because I've been feeling it within myself. I've been hearing it in my clients' voices. I've been talking to them about it with themselves. And one of the best things about being in addiction recovery and working through the things that I work through and then going off and helping those also being addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, porn, rock and roll, whatever it might be, because the the, the maneuvering in this in the in the shifting of the habits and handling of the emotions, it's all being fired off the same way inside the brain, right? There's, we've got the synapses, they build the superhighways, and when we feel stressed, we turn to the vice that we believe comforts us. This is where the dopamine comes in. We feel stress, dopamine acts as, as, the, um, it acts as the motivator to go off and seek the way that we overcome stress, that we overcome emotional discomfort. Whatever vice you've chosen is going to be what the dopamine sends you out for. When we think about cognitive dissonance, it's whenever I have this belief that, you know, I, um, it could be that um, I communicate openly and honestly with the people that I love. But then when I find myself not answering questions truthfully because I don't want to have a difficult conversation, now my belief that I, I, that I am an open communicator and I step into difficult conversations regardless because the time is now, but then my actions don't align with that belief, there's a cognitive dissonance within me. For some of my clients whose belief is that they're a healthy person, but then they go off and they and they use cocaine or they eat a whole cake or they sit on the couch all day and, and they watch Netflix or they chill and they're not doing the things that they believe a healthy person would do, now there's cognitive dissonance. One of my clients is a parent, and they're, you know one of their beliefs is, is that a good parent doesn't yell at their kids. But then whenever their kids go off and do something unruly, then they find themselves yelling at the kids, and now their belief that a good parent doesn't yell isn't in aligned with their actions of yelling at their kids, so now they think they're a bad parent. When in reality, yes, perhaps they shouldn't have raised their voice, but at the same time, discipline is a very important part of a child's development. At that two, three, four-year-old stage, they're really trying to push the boundaries and understand what are the limitations. Once they realize that they're going to get kicked out of the tribe, quote-unquote, sent to the room or 
put in time out, then they'll then they'll start to look for ways to be involved in the tribe, which will be to not act out. But generally, kids act out when there's an emotional um, issue going on inside of them. They don't quite know how to express with words, so they express it with their behaviors. It's not that the kid wanted the candy bar so bad that they threw a temper tantrum. It's that you ignored them all day, and the only way that you ever pay them any real attention is whenever they're throwing a temper tantrum. So in order to get you to stop looking at your phone, they throw a temper tantrum or they break something because, hey, any attention is better than no attention. So when you have this cognitive dissonance inside of yourself, you're going to feel an energy that, that alerts you to something's not right. Something is not going on the way that you would prefer it to. So some vocabulary that's going to help you before we get into how you can shift cognitive dissonance. When I talk about incongruency, incongruence, I talk about that word a lot, but I've never really broken down the definition for you. Incongruence is a lack of consistency in one's behaviors once evaluated to what they think is their reality. Now, that's not the Webster's one. I'm, I'm making, making it my own way as I sort of combine all the words. But when you evaluate who you think you are, your reality, right? When you, okay, when you evaluate who you believe you are, your beliefs, but you evaluate this next to your reality, if, there's, if, if you think that you're working on your addiction recovery and you're, you're actively in your addiction recovery, that's your belief. But your reality is you haven't touched your step work or your four truths or gone to a meeting or whatever you consider your recovery. You haven't gone and done anything about that in a month. You're going to feel incongruent because you're going to go and you're going to say, oh, I'm actively in addiction recovery. But then you're not actually doing any of the things that you've told yourself are signs that you're active in your addiction recovery. So when you begin to experience this incongruency, you will find that there's a different a distance between your perceived self and your ideal self, who you perceive that you are versus who you actually are. This is what we ran into headlong during our rock bottom moment. We perceived ourselves as being, you know, good, healthy. It could be we could whatever you had perceived about yourself, and then you looked in the mirror and what you saw was a drug addict and an alcoholic looking back at you. You can even feel cognitive dissonance when you say you're a piece of crap and you're not worthy of love, and then your unconscious mind's like, yeah, but there's people who love me, and there's people who've told me I'm special in their life. So you can say you're a worthless piece of crap all you want. I know that there's people out there that love you. You'll feel a cognitive dissonance because it's almost like you're trying to have yourself a pity party, but your unconscious mind's like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do, but in reality, you're actually quite light. So you can feel cognitive dissonance when you're trying to dog on yourself, and in actuality, it's the, it's the positive. So let's think about what cognition and co- cognitive are and dissonance. Let's break those down real fast so we can move to how you can begin to shift out of cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is this state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes in relation to your behaviors and actions. So when your thoughts and beliefs and attitudes about yourself are not in relation to your behaviors and actions, that's when you're going to have this cognitive dissonance. When you feel uneasy, when you have tension, when you begin to notice something inside of you feel a stressor, and and it's related to how you believe you are versus how you actually are behaving. 
You might try to explain things away and do the mental gymnastics to justify these behaviors, but you still can't break out of the cognitive dissonance because your unconscious mind knows what you believe about yourself, and it also knows what you what you, what your perceived reality is. You can't lie to the unconscious mind. Conscious mind, you can get away with some with a little bit more with your conscious mind, but your unconscious mind is literally the storage of your every single second of your life. It knows exactly what's up. Um, you another way that you might try to buffer away the cognitive dissonance is to reject any new information that conflicts with your existing beliefs. I watched a so hear that again. Rejecting new information that conflicts with your existing beliefs. This can happen in politics when whenever you might believe your political party is better than the other one, but then you hear some information that conflicts with what you think about your political party, so you just reject it or you justify it away. Right? Like I just said, you're explaining things away, you're playing mental gymnastics. I watched a movie on Netflix, which is what I was about to say, but I wanted to finish up that thought first. I'm working on that, guys. I'm working on that, ladies. I watched a show on Netflix. It was it was uh, Beyond the Curb. It was about flat earthers, people who believe that the earth is flat. And anytime you try to bring them new information that further proves that the earth is round, because it conflicts with their existing beliefs, they've got a way of playing mental gymnastics, explaining whatever you think of as fact, explaining it away. Regardless of the fact that for, you know, centuries, humans believed that the earth was flat, that boats would literally go off the edge of the earth, and that it wasn't until, you know, I think it was a Galileo, or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Galileo. I should have Googled that before I tried to get into this story. Pretty sure it was Galileo. Maybe it was Aristotle. It's one of those two, right? Um... Galileo or Aristotle? Final answer, one of those two. I could phone a friend, but this isn't who wants to be a millionaire, and so there's nobody waiting on the other line to answer the phone. Either way, one of those two discovered that the Earth was not in the center of the universe, and it was, in fact, round. And I'm pretty sure they got put on house arrest and chastised by the entire like Catholic and Christianity religions for it. So... So when these beyond the curve people want to try to say that there's like some cabal trying to convince us the earth is flat, I'm like, no, or they're trying to convince us the earth is round. I'm like, no, the cabal was actually trying to convince us that it was flat and a scientist disproved it and discovered that it was round and he was punished for like three decades for it. Um, this isn't some left-wing conspiracy. The whole planet believes that the planet is round. This isn't just the United States of America thing. But they'll have cognitive dissonance when what they believe isn't matching up with the with what other people's actions are, are being said to them, right? So there's a cognitive dissonance. So they'll explain it away in order to not feel it. And cognition is literally just this mental action or process of acquiring knowledge an understanding of the world through your senses, your touch, taste, sight, sound, smell, the experiences that these five senses bring to you, and then these thoughts that you create around the experiences that your senses fed into your brain, right? So now you have this perception, this sensation, this intuition about things. That's cognition. Whenever you think about dissonance, it's a lack of harmony. It's a tension or clash resulting from the combination of two disharmonious 
elements. It's this is very dis, dissonance is very much a musical term, but when we think of it with cognitive dissonance, we think about cognition again, the way that you take in the world, the way you think about what you've experienced, and then there's a clash between two disharmonious elements. So if you have this clash going on inside your mind about what you have perceived through your five senses and your experiences, and it's turned into a thought. But then what you've perceived, what you've seen of yourself, isn't matching up with what's going on in your head. Boom. Now you have dissonance, a disharmonious clash between two elements in your mind. Boom. Boom. I know. I know. When I first started building up these show notes, there was a lot I had to unravel on the internet in order to get it that succinct. And this is the third time that I've shot this podcast. And I'm not much of a third-time podcast shooter. I normally only shoot it once. But this one, it went off the rails the first two times. So I've really hunkered down on the show notes. And that's why I told myself at minute 20, I wanted to be phasing us into how you can begin to shift yourself out of cognitive dissonance. So we've covered that cognitive dissonance is an inconsistency between what you believe and the actions that you take part in. So you believe that you're actively working on your addiction recovery, but your actions say you haven't tried to do step work or for truth work or anything, go to a meeting, anything. You have not actively done anything towards your addiction recovery. But your belief is that you're actively working on your addiction recovery. So now you have a cognitive dissonance. So here's what you do. You've got three steps, three things you can do to get yourself out of cognitive dissonance. First, you can change the belief. If your belief is that you're actively in addiction recovery when you do step work for an hour a day and go to a meeting a day, and that's your belief. But if your actions don't align with that and you're not able to go to a meeting one day, you're not able to spend an hour on step work one day, then all of a sudden your beliefs that being actively involved in your addiction recovery means one hour in step work and one hour at a meeting, but your actions don't align with that you are a smack dab in the middle of cognitive dissonance. So change the belief. Does being active in your addiction recovery have to mean that you go to a meeting every single day? What if it just meant that you went to a meeting twice a week? So now you believe that being active in your addiction recovery is twice a week, and then your actions align with that, and you go to a meeting twice a week. Now you can believe that you're actively involved in your addiction recovery because your actions and your beliefs align. You have to make the decision on whether that's enough for you or not. For me, if I believe that I'm an open and honest communicator, but my actions are to bite my tongue when I really would rather speak my mind, then I can either change my belief that an open communicator is someone who speaks their mind and, op- and, and speaks their truth, or it's an open communicator is someone who listens intently and asks a lot of questions to further understand why the other person believes the way they do. And then I could ask more questions and be more involved in the conversation through active listening, but I don't necessarily have to speak my truth. I can change that belief so it aligns with my actions, but only I know if changing that belief is actually bringing me towards my highest sense of self, my most empowered, wise-minded version of me. I talk about this stuff in Wise Mind Recovery, my tribe, uh, my online course, every everything that I do with the addiction recovery community, uh, it gets run through these five zones in these three different stages to fully understand where you're at in the process. And a lot of this ends up getting 
the questions that are coming, okay, is this a belief you're holding on to? Is it limiting or is it abundance? Is it holding you back or is it pushing you forward? And are your actions in alignment with what you believe? And we can change the belief to align with the actions. Then we have to ask ourselves, is this actually taking me where I want to go? Only you will truly know that. Even me as your coach, as your mentor, as the person who's guiding you through my processes and and, and seeking your highest sense of self with you, you'll give me as much information as you can consciously be aware that I can get. But you won't necessarily know everything going on in your unconscious mind to bring to the conscious mind to tell me about. Your unconscious mind is housing all your memories, experiences, personality traits, attitudes, behaviors, your moods, all of these things. You are you aren't even aware of everything that you could be aware of. So there's all there's going to be certain things that you just don't know to tell me. So when you go to change a belief to align with your actions, in order to know if that's working or not, is do you still feel an in, an incongruence? Do you still feel a, a, an energy about you that says nope, this still isn't working for me? If you feel that, then changing the belief wasn't the answer. Changing the action was. So if I believe that I'm an open communicator by actively listening and asking questions in a state of curiosity, right? But then my action is to interrupt and not let the other person get a word in edgewise. Okay, now I've got an incongruency. There's a cognitive dissonance. So now I change my action to ask more questions and actively listen. And then that aligns with the belief. If I think that I am actively working on my addiction recovery, and, and, my, and my belief around that is I shoot a podcast a week, I spend a couple hours reading and listening to podcasts, and that um, I'm coaching five different people, plus I meet with my therapist, and I meet with my other two coaches. And, and so meeting with my team is what I believe is, is helping me work on my addiction recovery then if I'm not doing those things, if my actions aren't in alignment with those, I've got to change my actions. I've got to get on the phone with my three coaches. I've got to get on the phone with my clients. I've got to get on the phone with my tribe. Right? Like I've got clients throughout college and throughout, um, I've got a lot of clients who are in the um, executive world, but, but strictly with the addiction recovery clients, when I'm teaching you guys stuff, when I'm opening your minds up to things, I'm, when I teach things to you, I'm actually learning it twice now because not only did I read it to learn it, but I'm now actually teaching it to you. So when I get with those one-on-one clients who specifically came to me with addiction recovery as their issue, now I'm able to learn something twice because not only did I go off in in, in bring it into my sense of awareness, I now get to teach it to you so it's in your sense of awareness. And now that action is aligning with my beliefs that I'm working on my addiction recovery when I'm guiding other people through neuro-linguistic programming, habit-changing patterns, and I'm working on their emotional intelligence with them. Do you see how by changing that action, it now aligns with the belief Whereas I could have changed the belief to have it align with the action and only I will know within myself if it's actually what is benefiting me. If it's actually bringing me to my highest sense of self, my highest, most empowered, wise-minded version of Jesse. And lastly, the third step, if you want to break out of cognitive dissonance, change your perception around the action. If my belief is that I'm a healthy person, but then 
my action is I eat sugar every night. So now I feel like there's an incongruency there. This is how I used to feel a long time ago before I started tracking all of my calories in the MyFitnessPal app. But now I track all my calories in the MyFitnessPal app. So I'm able to change the perception around the action. My belief is that I'm a healthy person who eats nutritious food. But my action is, is I like to, I like sugar. I like to have something with sugar in it most every day. So in order to change my perception around that action, I started tracking all my calories in the app. And when I reach my protein quota for the day, and I've still got 700 calories left to consume, now I can go off and enjoy somewhere between three and 600 calories of a sugary snack, and I haven't gone over my calories for the day. Therefore, I'm falling in the parameters of eating healthy and nutritious because I've told myself 2,550 calories a day. That's how many calories I'm allotted. Once I get to about 1,800, if I've got my protein, it's like, oh, cool, I can have about 500 calories of a with a cookie or a little bit of ice cream, whatever it might be. I'm able to change my perception around the action of eating sugar because it actually still keeps me underneath my daily caloric limit. A lot of us tried to do this when we were trying to manage the monster, when we thought that we could be sober curious. And it's like, okay, well, I'll change my perception around the action. I will only drink when I'm out at social functions. Or I will only drink on Friday nights. Or you try to change our perception. I'm not an alcoholic if I only drink on Friday nights. And maybe you get to keep that up for a little while, but then you have one Friday night that goes off the rails, and next thing you know, you're drinking all weekend, and before you know it, you're back to the same old behavior. So we tried that before. So when you go to change your perception around the action, be very mindful that you're not trying to play mental gymnastics. You're not trying to talk yourself out of what's really actually going to be benefiting you. Right, you're not like, well, maybe if you only do it on Tuesdays. Or, I mean, you know, it was a really crappy day. My boss yelled at me. So, I mean, I totally deserve a beer today. And, oh, man, you know, my ex-wife, she's she's being she's being mean to me and my kid won't talk to me. And so, yeah, I got to go do an eight ball. Right? I mean, you can try to fool yourself, but you're going to catch yourself. You know you are. You know you have. You told me you have. Right, So when you have that cognitive dissonance, I'm working on my active recovery, and then you go off and you allow stress and anxiety to get at you. It's You're human. That's totally, it's like no one, I would never shit on somebody else for coming back to sobriety time and time again. Absolutely not. Don't worry. It is a door that is always open. If you find yourself jumping out the window and going off to use, don't worry. Come back the next day. Don't even need a knock. Door's open. We're waiting on you. But it's that self-awareness that says, okay, I'm, I, I told myself, well, I'm stressed out, so I deserve to get blasted on a handle of Jack Daniels today. No, you don't. And you know you're going to have cognitive dissonance probably while you're drinking. Because you've been telling yourself that you're you're working on your sobriety, and now you're about you know five shots into a Jack Daniel's bottle on a Wednesday night. You're not going to have a hard time noticing cognitive dissonance in your own life. I sure as hell don't have a hard time noticing it in mine. When you feel that energetic shift in yourself, when what you're saying about who you are isn't aligned with your actual actions, You can lie to people's faces all you want. If they don't catch you, that's not on them. It's on you. They're not gullible. You're not an amazing liar. They're just, why would most people walk up and say, hey, how you doing today? Fine. You're not fine. You had a 
crappy morning. You woke up late and your your dog shit all over the floor and it's not been a fine morning and there's a cognitive dissonance going on. You don't got to spill your truth to everybody, but just know you can't lie to yourself. And that's that energy you feel in yourself. That's that push and pull. And you're trying to get away from what you don't want to be and you're trying to pull yourself toward who you won't, do want to be and you feel some sort of energy inside of you that's that, that's undesirable. That's when your actions and your beliefs are not congruent. They're not aligned. They're not harmonious. Notice this in yourself and then seek to change the belief, change the action, or change the perception around the action. You'll know which one's going to benefit you the best. You'll try to lie to yourself, but I can assure you, yourself always knows. It's only a matter of time before you wake up and stare at yourself in the mirror and you look back and say, nope, nope. Not going to do this anymore. When that day comes, know that the Wise Mind Recovery Tribe is here for you whenever you're ready. Don't even have to knock. Just come on in. The door's always open. Speaking of the door always open, if you love the way that I talk about addiction recovery, if you like what you hear and you want to be more actively involved in the tribe, if you want to have a more one-on-one approach with me and this material, I am available. Just You just have to stand up, raise your hand, step forward. I will call on you. Go to From Sobriety to Recovery at Instagram. Go over to TikTok. I've launched that. It's still in its beginning stages, but you can find me at Jesse Mogul. You can always email me from sobriety to recovery at gmail.com. By all means, DM me over on Instagram. You can hit the bio link and go straight to setting up a phone call, answer some awesome questions so I can learn some more about you. We'll get on a phone call. We'll talk about the way I can help guide you utilizing neuro-linguistic programming, utilizing emotional intelligence practices, whatever it might be. We can run you through the zones. Let's look at your environment. Let's look at your physical body. What's going on inside of your brain that's created these habits? How can we start to really work on your emotional intelligence? How can we work on your communication so that you can actually speak your truth and do so in a way where you don't find yourself being emotionally triggered? This is the kind of stuff I love to talk about. I love to teach about. I love to train about. And if you'd like to be more involved, at Jesse Mogul, at From Sobriety Recovery on Instagram, find me. Like I said, raise your hand. I will call on you. Other than that, National Recovery Month, Cognitive Dissonance, go off and be amazing. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow every day, every day, every day, every day is the best day of our lives because we woke up sober. I have no idea how that's going to sound whenever I play that back. (laughs) Shout out to Sunshine Glow On. See you next week. Bye-bye.